Welcome to Roast Magazine audio articles. Roast focuses on coffee from a technical perspective, covering the art, science, and business of coffee roasters. Presenting Roasting Plant Continuity Planning, Part 2, Approving and Preparing to Enact the Plan, by Andy Trendle Mersch. In the first installment of this two-part series, published in the May-June 2020 issue of Roast, we covered why coffee roasters need a roasting plant continuity plan, and how to define and scope a plan, what to include, and how to think through partnerships. Now, many months into the COVID-19 pandemic, we have all gained a deeper understanding of business disruption and assuredly the need to plan for it. To be clear, this series is not about managing through COVID-19 or planning for a better journey through the next outbreak. The challenges presented by COVID-19 are unique, as most roasting plants never halted their operations due to the lockdown. This series was conceptualized pre-pandemic. Its scope addresses continuity planning for natural disasters like fires, tornadoes, and earthquakes, and other disruptions, such as extended power outages, that impact manufacturing operations or create supply shortages. Surely the benefit to reading on and pushing through to a documented and live plan is now without debate. If you read the first part of this series and borrowed the framework for a draft plan to prepare for roasting operations disruption, then you're ready to talk through the final plan approval, testing, training, and ongoing plan maintenance. Finalizing the live plan. With a defined scope for your plan, emergency decision-making teams and important contacts at the ready, and your roasting partners identified, it's time to lock in your partners and have them produce product. Don't be misled here though. There are many stages between identifying what you need and having a partner fully vetted and ready to produce for you in an emergency situation. As Kyle Newkirk, Senior Vice President of Global Supply Chain at Concord, North Carolina-based S&D Coffee and Tea, points out, you need to get out in front of your planning. It's not simple to execute on a contingency. First, if you haven't already, loop back on some high-level practical points with your partners. We talked through selecting and vetting partners with some detail in part one, but it's worth revisiting here. As Daryl Blunk, president and CEO of Apfel's Coffee in Santa Fe Springs, California says, don't forget about food safety qualifications and certifications that are important for your business. As your business requires, ask about whether your partners are SQF certified, organic, kosher, etc., and ask to see documentation. Ideally, you have visited your partner's plants at least once and witnessed their operations firsthand to ensure compatibility with your standards. Second, settle on your stock keeping units, SKUs. Then you can plan how they will be roasted, packaged, and distributed. And, of course, you'll want to quality test often. Talk through requirements, capabilities, and pricing, and perform some preliminary off-the-shelf product testing before you proceed with final agreements. The more potential roadblocks you can talk through before you walk through them in a dry run or are forced to run through them in an emergency, the better. SKU selection and testing. In an emergency, whether short-term, days, mid-term, or even longer term, you likely won't want your coffee continuity plan partner to produce all of your SKUs. Consider your SKUs conservatively based on downtime scenarios. For example, if you're expecting to be down a week or less, maybe your partner produces only your single most important coffee. That's it, one skew. The presumption is that it's an extreme effort to get even one skew online with your partner. 
both in the setup and rehearsal of your plan and in a go-live scenario. If you're going to be back up at your plan in less than a week, then having your partner produce multiple products isn't practical. Don't underestimate the complexity of having your partners produce coffee that tastes and looks exactly like yours, if that's your lofty goal, or even close enough to keep your customers broadly happy. Realistically, you will need to balance your desire for delivering products that your customers may expect versus delivering them best-matched products that meet your quality standards. Of course, if you are down for weeks into many months, selling one or even just two or three SKUs isn't good for business. General Notes 1. Phase 1 kicks in not on the day of the disaster or event, but on the first day you need your contingency partners to deliver the produced SKUs to your predetermined delivery locations. The assumption here is that you will have some inventory on hand to bridge the gap to becoming fully operational and that your contingency plan partner will need some number of days to receive your order, produce, and ship. If you've created a clear and practiced contingency plan, this notification to launch timeline can be tight, perhaps as few as one to two days. Two, the number of phases and the number and mix of SKUs launched per phase is flexible and should be dictated by the complexities of your SKU mix and the makeup of your customers and their needs. Keep in mind that you can always work with your partner to produce more SKUs earlier, but you want to set achievable rollout phases that can be communicated to your team and customers. Three, in most cases early on in a continuity situation, you'll need to rely on your partner's available green coffee inventory. So consider this as you choose your lineup for phase one. Smaller roasters located in the same region and pulling from the same third-party warehouse or importer may not have this limitation. As days and weeks move on, it becomes much more possible to get your green coffee into the hands of your partner and you can expand your product mix accordingly. SKU Specifications For every SKU you select, there is a host of information you need to work through with your partner. Here's a list to get you started. Note your requirements will likely become more precise for longer downtime phases. In some cases, you will certainly need to compromise, and it's possible you may determine later in the planning that you haven't found the right partner. Green and roasted bean quality specifications. Specifications should include physical and sensory specifications like origin, region, moisture, grade, SCA cup score, roast profile, agtron or color track score, and of course, aroma and flavor attributes. If you've gotten this far, you should have already gone through some preliminary sampling and quality alignment conversations with your partner. Go beyond sensory and physical product testing and understand how your partner manages and reports on quality specifications too. For example, ask what equipment and tools they use for sample analysis. Do they use Cropster, an Excel spreadsheet, paper, an internally developed system, or another tool to record and report out on results? How will their quality team engage and calibrate with yours? Think about this both for testing your SKUs and for contingency situations when your partner may be producing your product on an ongoing basis for days, weeks, or months. Grind variations. Do you require only whole bean or do you need a variety of grind degrees? How does your partner spec check their grinds for consistency and how do you ensure that your grinder settings are calibrated to theirs? When a contingency situation occurs, write into your plan a process to, as feasible, send your partner current samples of your ground coffee. Packaging. Don't underestimate how long working through packaging capabilities can take. 
According to Chris Miller, head roaster at La Colombe Coffee, headquartered in Philadelphia, packaging is the area where you will most likely need to compromise. Favoring getting customers the right quality coffee over getting them the exact packaging they're used to receiving from you. Blanc echoes the complexity of coordinating packaging requirements and emphasizes the importance of identifying the quality control procedures your partners have in place for seal testing, residual oxygen testing, color testing, and more. 1. Size. What size or weight do you require for each SKU? 2. Packaging. Will you provide pre-formed bags or film to your partner, or will you use their packaging? If you use their packaging, you will need to work through material features like foil or paper type and colors, valve and nitrogen flushing and labeling. If you provide packaging, you will need to coordinate with them to ensure that they can work with your materials. For example, if you're working with foil packaging, do you use a back seal, a side seal, or a quad seal, and can their equipment accommodate it? What dimensions and thickness will they need? 3. Quality control. Like with coffee and grind, ask about their quality control protocols for packaging. 4. Labeling. What are your requirements for your logo or brand, product coding, UPC, GTIN, food safety labeling, and best buy versus use by dating? 5. Case packaging. Depending on the requirements of your customers and distribution partners, the makeup of cases may be important. Can they receive only your 12-ounce bags, 30 per case, with a specific exterior case label? Or is there flexibility on units per case and labeling? Fully packaged product testing. Once you know you've got the right partners and you've talked through your SKU mix and specifications, it's time to taste and test specifications on final packaged products. Quality taste matching is, of course, one of the most critical steps to get right. Within reason, use as much diligence as you can to dial in your quality. Remember, too, that reaching an improvable quality match is just as important as making sure you and your partner have an efficient process for approving and launching quality approvals during an emergency. We all know that coffee is seasonal and that roasting machines and roasting professionals are variable. So what you taste and approve in your taste mode will not be identical in a contingency situation. You can get very close, but only with scrupulous quality assurance and control measures. Don't forget about packaging too. Regardless of planning conversations and one-off sample testing, you'll almost certainly run into surprises when you go into full-scale production. So practice, Newkirk says. It's possible your partner will have capacity to run a small full-scale production batch limiting your cost outlay but for best success, invest in a full minimum production run. It's a small investment, really. Companies should also consider ongoing backup business to keep the wheels greased and ready to roll. It's worth noting, too, that even with expertly planned and tested packaging specifications, in certain emergencies, the availability of packaging supplies may become an issue. Miller points out that he saw a number of roasters in Philadelphia grocery stores using alternative packaging during COVID-19, because suddenly they were selling a lot more coffee through grocery stores than they had previously, and they were not prepared with sufficient backstock of packaging supplies for this channel. In this case, their plants were fully operational, but they just weren't prepared for the rapid change in their product mix. I'm sure this sounds familiar to every roaster by now. Distribution. Don't overlook distribution conversations. In the event of an emergency, how will you be getting product delivered to your business and your customers? 
Smaller companies working with a local contingency partner may receive deliveries or even pick up shipments in their own truck and deliver where it's needed. Large companies may work with distributors and want to facilitate delivery through their normal distribution channel. In between, there are many variations, all requiring detailed logistics conversations, possibly new account setup, pricing negotiation, and almost assuredly compromises. Blunk suggests thinking through whether your contingency partner will ship directly to your customers in any scenario. If so, how will you manage appropriate discretion, i.e. keeping your customers from knowing who your contingency partner is if this discretion is important for your business? In addition, figure out how you will exchange customer lists and manage shipping rates now, Blunk recommends. Plan approval and agreements. Depending on your original product scope and approval structure, if appropriate, don't forget to regroup with executive leadership along the way. Does someone besides your project manager need to approve your final SKU mix, distribution plan, and pricing? Who will write and sign formal partnership agreements? Importantly, and easy to forget, remember to set up your partner as a supplier in your supplier management and accounting systems, and make sure they set you up as a customer with payment methods and terms in their systems. You don't want to get people in the back-end office upset because you haven't gone through the right setup. They can hit the brakes, Blunk says and that's not what you want in an emergency. Testing the plan. With the same scrutiny that your quality control team tests your fully packaged product, your entire plan needs to go through operational training and testing. As a first step, have everyone potentially involved in executing the plan in an emergency, read and sign off on the final documented plan. Ideally, critical players have been in conversations and contributing to decisions and compromises along the way, so there are no surprises. If there are surprises or new learnings as everyone sees the complete picture come together, don't ignore them to get through the process. It's a gift to have them brought up and worked through before you engage in the next step of initiating a dry run. Test run. Once you do have a fully agreed upon final plan with tested products and distribution plans in place, it's time to perform a dry run. Ideally, perform a complete start to finish order and delivery process, which will allow you to fully pressure test the plan. At bare minimum, walk through your plan from start to finish, beginning with someone designating and defining an emergency and launching your contingency operations team all the way through to initiating an order with your backup supplier. Know that you will have absolutely missed something somewhere. The best way to ensure that miss isn't catastrophic in a real emergency is to discover it, learn from it, and modify the plan in advance. Remember too that everyone will be under stress when dealing with an emergency and not always at their best, says Newkirk. While some people are excellent at operating under extreme pressure, many of us are not, and either way, you don't need any more surprises on top of the event itself. Ongoing plan maintenance. While you may feel exhausted getting to this point, there is one more important task. Prepare now for how you will keep your plan up to date and ready to launch. You'll want to have an annual review of the document with your team to update product mixes and responsible team members. You should also consider performing a test run annually that includes sample testing at minimum and ideally a complete test run. Final thoughts. The best way to protect your business in a contingency situation is to consider giving your backup partners ongoing business. With regular, even small ongoing business, you are constantly tuning in with your partner on every realm from ordering to product quality, from packaging to distribution to payment. And, of course, your partner is then a regular ongoing supplier, motivating them to perform in an emergency and take your call in the middle of the night, Newkirk says.
Andy Trindle Mersch is the Director of Coffee, Tea, and Sustainability at Phil's Coffee. With more than 26 years of experience in specialty coffee, Trindle Mersch has written numerous trade journal articles and lectured on coffee and sustainability. Within the broader specialty coffee industry, she has held a number of leadership and board roles and is currently serving on the Board of Directors for Food for Farmers. This article originally appeared in the September-October 2020 issue of Roast Magazine. To subscribe to the print edition of Roast or purchase a copy of past issues, visit roastmagazine.com. This audio article was narrated by Lily Kubota, recorded and produced by Upright Recording Studio, and published by Roast Magazine.